If you have your Bible with you, uh, turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. So we're continuing through our Home for the Holiday series, and we're also going through our season of Advent. And uh, moments before, we lit the peace candle, and so we're going to be talking about peace again. <laughs> um, it must be some type of stressful season. Maybe it's just for me, <laughs> but it might be just a stressful season for all of us because I think there's a divine reason that God chose two Sundays, four sun, like three Sundays apart, where we're talking about peace. There, there's something unpeaceful about this time than it was last year, it seems. And so we're going to be talking about peace again, and it's not going to be the same sermon. I didn't copy and paste, so just so you know, it's not the same sermon as the Thanksgiving one. Though you might hear me say, be thankful and prayerful a few times, but uh, we're going to be focusing on the shepherds. Throughout this Advent season, I've been looking at the different characters, the different people involved with the Christmas story, and today we're looking at the shepherds, the role they play in the Christmas story, and how we can get peace from their story. So Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 1. <clears throat> in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Canarius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David. Because he, <laughs> because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married with him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, or firstborn a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. Throwing King James out of the NIV. My apologies. <clears throat> placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart, things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Heavenly Father and gracious God, we thank you again for this day and this opportunity to hear from your word. Lord, I pray that you speak through me as you always do and you always know how. Lord, open up all of our hearts to receive your message of peace for us today. 
May we leave today feeling more at peace than when we walked in. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So a quick question. Does anyone else have that person in their family who is just always calm, cool, and collected? I'm the only one. Okay. Well, this illustration is going to tank. I mean... You not have that one person that just seems to be more calm than the rest of them, right? You, you walk up to them. Maybe it's not even your family. Maybe it's a friend. You walk up to them, and you feel a little bit more at peace when you're around them, right? Okay, now I'm seeing some head nods, so now I'm feeling better about my sermon. So in my family, I tend to be this person most of the time, I would think. Uh, most of it's yes. I'm getting a resounding yes from this section over here. So uh, I, I tend to be that one. And so uh, when things happen, when stress happens, I don't show it. And so people naturally think that I'm always calm and peaceful. That's not true. I have been so hyped up today about getting things together. I'm not at peace right now. And that's why I think I need this right now. Like it's coming at a really good time for me. Uh, If you are on Facebook, uh, when we talked about peace the last time, uh, if you noticed, I posted a picture of us in a traffic jam. And it's because God always tests me in my sermon before I preach it and sometimes after and sometimes both. Uh, I'm getting tested right now. (laughs) It came right now at a perfect moment. But that person in your family that's always calm, they don't seem to be phased by very much, right? When stressful things are happening, like don't you kind of just want to walk up to them and be like, don't you ever react to anything? Like just react, Just be stressed for once in your life and make me feel better about myself, right? They always seem to be calm in the midst of chaos. And I think this is how the shepherds would have to be because to me, the shepherd's story just encompasses this moment of peace. I always think about the peaceful atmosphere of the sheep at night sleeping and how the shepherds were watching over their flock. They were watching their sheep probably even counting their sheep, making sure that all of them were still there. And so now if you can imagine, counting sheep at night is probably pretty peaceful, right? Isn't that like the old thing? If you want to fall asleep, count some sheep, right? This is what the shepherds did all night. They counted their sheep. And so they they had to have this calm presence. But not only for that, they also had to have a calm presence because... Sheep are very easily terrified. And so if there's even a slightly loud noise, if, there's, uh, if footsteps are too quick and unexpected, it can scatter sheep because their only instinct when they sense danger, which is anything, they run. And so they tend to scatter. And so for shepherds, they needed to have a calming voice. They needed to have slow and controlled quiet steps. And what shepherds would do for sheep, not only protect them from dangers, but they would also make them feel safe when they were startled and when they were stressed. And so when a sheep would get startled, the shepherd would quietly come over there and and just stand next to them to just be that presence so the sheep would calm down and feel at peace. So imagine the moment that the shepherds become terrified when the angel of the Lord appears to them. 
in my mind, I'm thinking of all of the sheep just going absolutely chaotic because now the shepherds are on edge. They're terrified. They're like, what's happening? I don't know what's happening. And we don't know how loud it was when the angel appeared. It could have been quiet and all the sheep could have still been asleep, like just kind of thinking out loud. But there was a moment where the shepherd's peace was disrupted by fear. And I love what happens next in Luke chapter 2 in verse 10, right after the angels appeared and the shepherds are afraid, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. And so that, that simple statement got me thinking. Maybe the reason that we needed to hear this twice within four weeks is because some of you, and myself included, need to hear over and over again, do not be afraid. I have good news. We live in a world where it's just full of bad news all the time. It's just bad things happen one after the other, after the other, after another. And especially coming out of COVID, it was like, okay, you know, that NASA released images of supposed UFOs and no one reacted. Everyone's like, ah, that's, that's fine. We're still dealing with COVID. We're still dealing with all these other things. And as bad things continued to pile on, we just expected more bad news. And so it's kind of refreshing to hear, no, I, I've got some good news for you. You don't have to be afraid. I've got good news. And so it, it got me thinking, and maybe this is a little bit of a stretch, but our life can come, sometimes look like a Christmas tree, which is why I have a Christmas tree up here. It'll make sense in a second, hopefully. So how many of you like, please show your hands participate just a little bit how many of you like to decorate your christmas trees all right we got some good christmas tree decorators i don't i i don't like decorating christmas trees i like looking at them and my mom will probably disown me for saying that statement but it, it's not my favorite thing I, i'm fine with it i'll do it but it's not my favorite thing to decorate christmas trees everything else i love i'm all about it i'm you know putting up the Christmas village. I'm doing these things. I'm putting lights everywhere. I really like lights, but I'll put lights everywhere. But when it comes to the Christmas tree, I'm like, ah, can it not just come pre-lit and pre-decorated? Like, can, is, that, is that an option? Can I buy that? Um, you can? Oh, I need to look into that because that would be amazing. But I love looking at them. And for me, maybe not for you, but for me, when the tree is done, it kind of gives you a sense of peace when you look at it. Like, everyone, just look at our beautiful Christmas tree. If you're online, you're missing out, but we've got a beautiful Christmas tree in here. And so if you look at it, it kind of gives you a calm sense of peace. It's kind of like, I, I like that. And so whenever the Christmas trees and all the decorations come down, don't we feel more stressed because now it's just everything's bare and it feels like everything is just gone and, and everything looks empty? But it can be calming especially when you've decorated it with your family. Growing up, uh, that was a family activity that we did. We would all gather around the tree, we'd pick up ornaments, and we'd place them on the tree, and we'd all decorate it together. And even though it looked really bad, because I like to put all the ornaments in one place, and I know, because I saw her do it, Mom and Jessica both would take my decorations off the tree and put them somewhere else. But I like them all in my little little corner. But... When you've had that moment where your whole family, you kind of look at it and it, 
kind of represents your family coming together, which kind of gives you some peace. And so when you think about your life as a Christmas tree, what you put on, what you decorate this tree with, what you do in your life determines how your life will feel, how your life will, how your mentality will be towards the tree. And so at the foundation of a Christian life, we should have things of God. And that's what these silver and white ornaments, it was just going to be white, but I ran out of white ornaments. So that was my first thing that happened this morning. But white and silver, these are the things of God. And so these things are, are meant to stay. Those are, this is how our tree is supposed to look. Everything is surrounded and encompassed by the things that we put on our tree that's of God. I know some of you can't see. It's got a cord on it, so I can't, you can come around later. But, um, right, so our, this is how our life is supposed to This is at peace. And we all strive to have this type of life where we're peaceful in the midst of chaos. But what happens? Well, you have some responsibilities that you got to take care of. Tuck that right there. Right? And then, you know, maybe you have a, a few kids or... Oh, there goes the responsibilities. And then... You know, you got grandkids too. Some of you got grandkids. You know, there you go. There's the grandkids. You, you have jobs, right? Some of you have jobs. You, you got that job that you got to work at. There we go. Some of you, maybe you have like a personal goal that you're wanting to, to accomplish for yourself, to better yourself. And we'll put the, the goal. There goes the responsibilities again, right? Stay. Right? You got busy schedules? Anyone here is just all the time busy? Yeah. Bit really, really busy schedules. Where are we going to fit that in? Let's fit it behind that one. There we go. God will hold that one together. Maybe your kids have basketball practice around this time of your life. And so you got basketball practice barely hanging on. I don't even have kids, and I still got basketball games to go to because I don't have kids. I have a coach. But, right? Maybe you have a few friends that you like to go out and, and spend some time with, and maybe you do like Secret Santa or something. So then you've got another one. It's going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. Here, it, it's going to use the chair. So then, you know, you, you all like to be generous, don't you? You like to feel generous, right? You got to buy gifts for people. Maybe you want to give some to the church. There goes the basketball schedules. There goes the generosity. Let's see, we're... There we go. Let's see, what else do we have? Maybe, maybe physical fitness and health is important to you. Put that at the bottom of the tree. Um, right, the list goes on and on. You have all these things that you have to deal with. And then, here, let me try and fit one more. 
I don't know what that one was. And then what usually happens is when your tree is so full and looks so ugly like an IU tree. <laughs> Chloe's not in here, so I can say that. Um, <laughs> what happens? Friend, a family member says, hey, can you do me a favor? I'm like, I don't know. I'll try. And this is our life. And we, we try to fill it up. But then what also happens is life comes up with something else. And it's like, you got to do this too. Oh, but, but that's super important. You have to have this on here. Oh, no. You have to have this and this and this and this. And it has to be on here. And then this is how we live our life. We're constantly trying to pick up all the pieces of our life, saying all of these things are so important, they have to get done, but I just don't have time anymore. Worry sets in. Fear sets in. Depression sets in. Anxiety sets in. We look, we're like... I can't hold it anymore. I'm too stressed. I'm too anxious. My life just seems like it's falling apart and I don't know what to do. And God says, give it to me. What is scripture's resounding reminder to us? Cast all your anxieties on him. Where he cares for you. And so as we're left picking up all of these pieces, all of the fallen parts, God says, give it all to me. Stop trying to put it in your life. Let me put it on your life for you. But what do we do? More often than not, we say, oh, we're thankful and prayerful. We're thankful and prayerful. We, we love how God does these things for us. And we're like, here, you can, you can take my new goal for the year. That wasn't really stressing me out in the first place. And so we give him things that don't really stress us out. And we keep the things that are keeping and disrupting our peace. Why? Because we're scared. If we give up our finances to God... He's going to make us get rid of something that we love. He's going to change the dynamic of what we've known to grow comfortable with. If we give up the basketball schedules, we might end up setting our kids up for failure. To not know what it's like to play with other people. And so we're like, no, we got we to hold on to this because I don't want my kid to to suffer. I don't want my kid to struggle. I, I want them to do what they want to do. I want them to be what they've always dreamed they could be. And so we hold on and we only give what's not important to us. But God says, no, I didn't tell you to give me some. 
I said, give it all. Give it all. And so as we're holding all of these things, like, take it, Lord. You can have the physical fitness. You take it. Take it from me, Lord. I'm, I'm giving it all to you, but we still have our arms crossed. We're not willing to give it up. We're just saying that we are. And as we live in this anxious and unpeaceful life, we grow comfortable with not having peace in our life. We grow comfortable giving up the things that don't really matter and don't really, we don't need to worry about because we've never worried about them before. We hold on to the things that's actually disrupting our peace, that's actually affecting us and hurting us in our relationship with God. It's not that these things aren't necessary. It's that we're holding on to them instead of letting God hold on to them. It's not that we're saying, God's going to take care of it all so I can just sit here and relax and do nothing. No, you still have a responsibility. You still have to do things. But when God is in control of it, then he's the one that shows you what you need to do with it. You see, right here, these ornaments are in my control. But if I let go, it will feel like it's out of control. It will feel like I'm not in control anymore. But the reality is when you give it to God, he's the one that's in control. And if he truly loves you, if he's truly the one that came and lived and died and rose again and saved you from your sins, then surely... He knows how to help you manage your time. Surely he knows how to help you manage your finances. You might not get everything that you want, but you'll have the life that you've always wanted. You've always desired to have. But here's the thing. This is such a struggle for us. We don't want to give it up. And in most cases, we can't. But that's where God says, do not be afraid. I've got some good news for you. I'm going to send my son, and he's going to live the perfect life. He's going to die the ultimate death, and he's going to save you from your sins. He's going to save you from the wrath of God. And when he does that, even though you can't give it up through prayer and thanksgiving, he will take it from you. And he will deal with it for you. And it's a long and slow process finding this peace. And there'll be times that as you, you develop and you grow in your relationship with God, as you start to see some of these ornaments fall, fall under what God really has envisioned for you, you'll have moments where you're like, no, this, this needs to go here. No, this needs to go here. It needs to go there. It needs to be there. And God is saying, I'm trying to keep it off the tree. Sometimes God just shakes us. So all of the unnecessary things fall. 
And for the majority of her life, you'll probably still hold on to a couple things and wonder why you're not at peace. But it's because you haven't learned to let go. Do not be afraid, for I have good news. The Messiah is here. The Messiah has come. The Savior of the world is here to give you peace. Just as a shepherd gives peace to their sheep in stressful seasons of their life, the good shepherd Christ will give you peace right here and right now. See, the secret to a peaceful life is through the one who came into this world to save you. It's through Christ. So how do you find him? What do you do next? Look at the shepherds. Verses 16 and 17. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Hurry off. They hurried off, which means that they quickly made arrangements so that their sheep would still be taken care of. Their responsibilities would still be done, but they knew that their priority was with God. Their priority was going and finding Christ and making time for him, making room for him in their life. And so even though they had all of these responsibilities, all these things piling up on their tree, the moment that the Messiah came, they said, I'm not going to worry about any of that. It looks messy. It looks all broken and chaotic, but I'm not going to worry about it because my priority is of the things of God. And since my priority is of the things of God, I'm going to go find Jesus. I'm going to go find that baby. So make Jesus the priority of your life and rest in his presence. Make room for him in your life. It will be hard. I'm not up here going to tell you, if you just pray a little prayer, then you're going to be at peace. Sometimes that works, but most of the time it doesn't. Most of the time when you pray, you feel more stressed out than what you did before you started praying. And it makes you feel like you shouldn't pray because you feel more at peace when you're not praying, when you're not reading scripture and trying to figure out what the Bible's trying to tell you. What I'm telling you is, is that this comes over time. And I know we hate to hear that because I would love for me to give you the magical formula for peace, but I don't have it. Christ does. And so spend time with him and find that peace. Not just external peace. Because external peace is a cover-up. Just like the people who are always calm or always seem to be calm, I'm telling you from experience, we're screaming on the inside. We're not peaceful on the inside. A lot of things are disrupting our peace. We just don't show it. What you're looking for is internal peace that passes all understanding. To where when chaotic situations happen and you're at peace, you're like, I don't know why I'm at peace. I can't describe why I'm peaceful about this. I just know that I am. That's God working in your life. But it only comes with spending time with him, making room for him in your life. And even though it's hard, it'll take a lot of work, it'll be worth it. So make room for him today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, for this opportunity to, to come before you.
Lord, as we seek you for peace in our lives, Lord, continue to just remind us we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to worry. We don't have to have fear. We don't have to have depression. We don't have to have anxious thoughts or anxious feelings because you give us the peace that passes all understanding. And, and Lord, as we all around the room, I'm sure, have our peace disrupted a lot of times in our life to where we don't feel at peace and it doesn't seem like, sometimes it doesn't seem like however much we're thankful, however much we're praying, we're still not at peace. Let that be a sign for us that we need to pursue you deeper and stronger and love you on a deeper level, that we need to pursue you more and we need to make more room for you in our life, which means that sometimes we got to get rid of some other things. Lord, help us to find your peace. Guide us on the path to find your peace. Lord, we know where you are. We know where the signs are. You're found in prayer. You're found in life. You're found in scripture. So Lord, help us navigate all of those things to find peace in you this season. It's in Jesus' name we pray.